this Christmas season, which it's not your first Christmas season, but my prayer has been that we would catch a new perspective in this time. A new perspective of who Jesus is and his power that is available in his presence that has come, as we've talked about this series, The Arrival. That Jesus has come. And so um, tonight, I want to talk about this idea. And actually, it was Jacob's idea. And at first, I was like, oh, man, I was trying to wrestle with, okay, what does that mean? And I think it was super insightful of him. He's titled this, Jesus the Maker Has Made Himself Known. That the maker has made himself known. And so leading up to Christmas, we're going to go through a couple part series uh, building towards the celebration of the birth of Jesus. The maker making himself known. So um, first, I wanted to start with just the idea of the name Jesus. Jesus, that there's actually something even in the like name of Jesus that communicates who he is, him making himself known to us. Okay, so and I think actually there's something powerful just about names in general. Uh, for instance, like we have three kids and we took the naming of our kids very seriously. For those who uh, who, who don't know uh, I'm going to go through the, the, the names of our kids. For those who have already heard it before, you're like, all right, dude, we get the names of your kids. Like, you're really proud of your kids, right? <laughs> Just hang in there. Um, I think there's something kind of important about the names and how it relates to as we think of the name Jesus. So our first kid, I think we have a picture, is LJ. Do we have a picture of LJ? Yeah, okay. That's my little girl. She is uh, my princess. We just went on a kindness retreat yesterday for fourth and fifth graders, and I was one of the adult sponsors. Dude, you don't want me at the <laughs> adult sponsor. It was a gong show, right? But I was like, I'm in charge, kids. <laughs> uh, pray for them. Um, so that's LJ. But I, you know, I often talk about my kids at the different conferences I speak at, and, and people will often come up and be like, okay, what does LJ stand for? I'll never forget, I was at one conference, and this teenager came up after the conference, and I talked about LJ being born. He's like, I figured out what LJ stands for. I was like, oh, okay, do tell me. He goes, Lord Jesus. <laughs> to which I was like, no, I did not name my daughter Lord Jesus, <laughs> but thank you very much. You know, that would just be awkward. Like, Lord Jesus, did you poop your pants? Oh, okay. Um, so, no, again, for those who know, yes, it's just LJ. Uh, LJ is E-L-L-E -L -L -E space J-A-Y. L-J. And uh, it's actually, she's named after her grandfather, whose name is J. And so LJ always thinks it's really cool. She's like, I'm, a, you know, a girl, but I was named after my grandfather. And so it's just kind of like, it was super meaningful for us. Then our next child, if we have a picture, this 
Okay, so no, no, don't go too far yet. So the next kid, I really wanted to name a kid Jack, but my wife is like, our last name's Black. There's no way we're naming a child Jack Black. That's what I'm saying. I still got it in there. His name is Steiner Jack Black. <laughs> and Jack was the, is the name of my grandfather. And so that's what I wanted to do was to name him after his grandfather. But here's the deal is Jack means God is gracious. And Steiner means defender. And we wanted him to be a defender of the fact that God is gracious. And then our last child, uh, I had always, since I was a little dude, I wanted to name a kid Jet. And this is our youngest son, Jet Black. <laughs> to which some people were like, bro, you cannot name your kid Jet Black. I was like, yeah, I can. Watch me. <laughs> and uh, I was like, dude, don't you think he could be like some professional snowboarder or something? You know, coming down like, here comes Jet Black down the slopes. Or he'll get beat up a lot. But that was the <laughs> chance that we were willing to take, right? So that is Jet Black. Um, pray for my kids. Uh, but here's the deal. We spent so much time on their names because their names build towards, like, who they are. That there is definition in their names. This is true also of the name of Jesus. I want to read a couple passages here. Philippians 2, 9, and 10 says this. The name that is above every name. Is Jesus, I think I had a misspelling there, <laughs> that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Acts 4.12, salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. Luke 10.17 even the demons submit to your name. Matthew 1, 21. You shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. That even in the name Jesus, we get a perspective of his grandness and his greatness, that even his name communicates to us our need to be saved and his ability to save. That in the name of Jesus, we learn of his power and of his potential in our lives to save, to rescue. And so when we say the name of Jesus, we're calling on a name that has power and has proven himself from generation to generation to generation. So when we speak the word Jesus, know that you are speaking a name that possesses power, power that brings salvation. Power that demons flee. 
power of a name that is above all other names. Power because he's Jesus. But not only has the maker made himself known through his name, he's also made himself known through his work as a creator. That Jesus is the creator of all. Check out what Colossians 1, 15 through 17 says. He, speaking of Jesus, is the image, meaning like we see who the invisible God. He's the image of the invisible God. He's the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. That even right now, around the throne, there are angels crying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. That at Jesus' resurrection, the the guards who guarded the burial place passed out. That Jesus commanded the seas. He silenced storms. He cast out demons. He healed the lame. He, Jesus had power not only at creation to call into creation, but he continues to rule over all creation. Jesus. Now, what does that mean for us? Maybe this, maybe this will help. So um, I, I, it was a couple years ago, I got invited to speak at an event, and it was like a, a donor event. And so it was really unique. It was like a small group, but it was like exclusive. And it was uh, Dare to Share was inviting in donors, and so they rented out rooms at the montage. Do you guys know what the montage is? Many of the hip-hop artists sing about the Montage. It's a five-star resort in uh, just outside of L.A. on the beach. It is like, I'm talking elite. So picture this. They, got, they invited me and my wife to this event. So we pulled up. We got a rental Kia, which I thought, dude, I'm kind of balling on a budget, you know, like it was a newer Kia. We pull, pull up. The car pulls up right next to us, a Lamborghini. You ever feel in that moment, you're like, I'm in a place that I do not belong, right? I didn't know what, do you guys know what valet is? Someone goes and parks your car. Do you know you're supposed to pay those people? Dude, I never, dude, valet comes out. Yeah, you give them a tip, right? Valet comes out to the Lambo first. Dude drops a hundo, $100, just like, oh, yeah, here, park my car. I'm like. You're paying that dude $100 to buy? I'll park your car, bro. Give me, you know. And then the valet comes to me, and I'm like, oh, man, like panic. I got to, like, tip the valet for the Kia, you know, and I'm like, ugh. And I reach in my pocket, and it's like a crumpled up $1 bill. I was like, don't spend that all in one place, bro. <laughs> dude, I felt so out of place, right? The next day, we're hanging out at the montage. Ben Affleck comes in. I'm like, what? And, you know, he like walks by and is like, oh, there he is. I was pretty impressed, right? The next day, Justin Bieber walked in to the hotel. Okay, okay. I, okay, okay, whoa, whoa. I'm trying to play like I was like, oh, cool. 
no way. I was fangirling so hard. Later that night, I was like, hey, Rach, I'm going to go out and, like, cruise the hallways right now. She's like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm just going to get some fresh air and walk around. She's like, you're trying to find Justin Bieber. I'm like, so what if I am? I'm going. <laughs> Dude, I'm talking. I am a believer, right? And so I was so geeked out. Dude, he had this whole entourage. It was just, like, this group of people and Bieber. So we got Bieber and Batman at the hotel, right? And I am just geeking out because I feel like I am surrounded by superstars. Please don't miss this. I was hit by the reality. Why is it that I'm out here trying to take selfies with superstars, yet I know the one who hung the stars, and he's given his self to me? Yet I'm impressed by the Lamborghini that goes 250 miles an hour while God, Jesus, is sustaining all of creation. Just, just, just like think about creation for a second. The earth right now is spinning at 1,000 miles per hour. Dude, I ain't even dizzy. Traveling around the sun at 64,000 miles per hour. So it's spinning at 1,000 miles an hour while traveling 64,000 miles per hour. And our solar system whirls around the galaxy at 490,000 miles an hour. Our cluster of galaxies are traveling at over 2 million miles an hour. And I'm like, dude, that Lambo goes 250, though. And here's the deal. The one who spoke them into existence, the one who sustains them by the power of his word, the greatness of the God who created all of that, wants a relationship with you. And here's where it all changes. Your perspective of who Jesus is changes the potential of your life. I want to let that sink in for a second. Your perspective of Jesus will change your potential in life. Because here's the deal. The things we believe impact the way we live. A.W. Tozer says this. So try to follow along. I think it's on the screen. A.W. Tozer says this. What comes to our mind when you think about God is the most important thing about you. What does that mean? Some of you believe, yeah, Jesus died on the cross to save me from my sin. Please hear me. While this is true, if that is where your belief stops, then it is purely transactional, something that someone did for you 2,000 years ago. While important, maybe not personal. It can be mere fire insurance. But did you also know that not only did Jesus die on the cross 2,000 years ago, but he rose from the grave, that he is alive, 
and he desires to have relationship with you. You see, the Christian life is not merely just about something that Jesus did way back then, but it's what he also wants to do now. You see, we can all have great perspectives about the power of God. Oh man, that God is powerful. Yeah, he set the stars in place, that he's ruling and reigning over all creation. He's whirling the planets through creation. And if all you have is a perspective that he's powerful, but you miss that he's personal, it will impact the way you live. Because you will always see him as an impersonal God who just did something in history rather than a present God who wants to interact in your life today. You see, not only is he powerful, but he is also personal. And I have a verse that I, I, I debated sharing this. And so I'm going to ask that you would lock in while I share this and that you wouldn't distract your friends in this moment but that you would listen in because I believe this may be a challenge for some of us. And it's James 2.19, sorry, James 2.19. He says this, you believe that God is one. Good. Even the demons believe that and tremble. Here's the challenge. I think there's some of us that are like, oh, yeah, God's powerful. Oh, yeah, Jesus was born at Christmas. We have a belief about him, but we have never entered into a relationship with him. And there is a big difference between me sitting in the hotel and knowing lots about Justin Bieber, being able to attempt to sing his songs, versus actually knowing him. I can know facts about him and even be amazed by him. The difference becomes not just when I understand things about him, but if I were to enter into relationship with them. This is why James says, you believe that God's one? Good. Even the demons believe that and they tremble because although they understand truths about God, they are not in a relationship with God. Therefore, they are not saved, but they will continue on that path of eternal torment. And that's where it gets real. I think I learned the, the perspective of the importance of not only understanding that Jesus is powerful, but that he's also personal after reflecting on this story that happened in my life and this happened before I was a Christian but it was later on life that I thought through it and so I want to tell it for you and, and I hope maybe it will help understand in, in the way that it impacted me so before I became a Christian I traveled with a company called Jones Soda have you guys heard of Jones Soda before okay some have some yeah it's like you put your pictures on a bottle or whatever uh, we traveled on this event called the Warp Tour you guys know Warp Tour? Yeah, okay, some of you guys do. It's like bands and extreme sports. And we sponsored athletes. And one of the athletes that we sponsored was Tony Hawk. 
and Bucky Lassick. And so we were just a soda sponsor, but like I traveled on the Warp Tour with them. This is before I knew Jesus. And so one of the events we did, we put on a party for all of the athletes, right? And so you got like Rick Thorne, you know, professional BMXer. You got Tony Hawk. You got uh, those who like ran Volcom vans. So it was like, you know, it was kind of this big like action sports, extreme sports athletes. We threw a party for them as the soda company. And afterwards, we shut down. And I'm, I'm, I was a punk kid. I was a punk kid. We're cleaning up. Some of the dudes are like, hey, why don't you come back to our hotel with us? I was like, no way. Like, they want me to, like, go hang out, right? So we go walk back to this hotel. It was another one of those, like, exclusive hotels, right? We're walking back to the hotel. The doors open up. I mean, the place looked like it was made of gold, right? And here goes these athletes. They walk in, and they just look the part, right? They look like, okay, those dudes belong in this hotel. They look like money. They walk in. Well, as they walk in, I'm kind of coming in behind them. Picture Zane, punk kid. This security guard steps in front of me, and then, boom, puts his hand on my chest. He was like, son, you don't belong here. And I'm not usually, like, super bold or whatever, but I don't know what it was in that moment. I think maybe because I was hanging out with these two. I looked at him. He goes, boom, you don't belong here. I go, bro, I own this hotel. And he looks at me, and he, like, stops. And then he looks, and all the athletes kind of look back at me. And he sees them, and he sees me, and he's like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And he steps aside, and I was like, shh. And I walked in, and I wish you could have seen all their faces. They were like, you own the hotel? I was like, what? <laughs> and I don't know. I, don't, I was trying to think later, like, what did he think? I was like, maybe he thought that, like, my dad owned the hotel, right? He saw this punk kid hanging out with all these big wig athletes, and he was like, oh, man, this kid's dad actually owns the hotel. You see, when he had a perspective of who I was in relationship with, it changed my experience in that place. If we can gain a perspective of who we have a relationship with, it changes our entire experience of every day of our life. You see, because we don't just have a dad who owns an exclusive hotel. We know the God who created the cosmos. You talk about authority to walk in earth and to live this life. I'm talking we know the one who spoke life into creation. We know the one who's ruling and reigning. The God of the universe also desires to be your friend. And I want to ask, do you know a lot about him? Or do you know him? Is he the one that you like just hear about? and learn facts from history about? Is he one that you hear others experience, your leaders, as they share about how God has worked in their life? And so you could repeat things back? Or do you know him? Because your perspective of God 
will change your potential on earth. Is he powerful? Is he also personal? Is he the one? And, and, and I don't know, maybe some of you, you're like, yeah, Zane, I know him. But you don't have that perspective of how powerful he is. And he doesn't just own the hotel. He owns it all. He's ruling and reigning. He is in charge. He's still sustaining every molecule here on earth and throughout the cosmos. Jesus makes a powerful statement in John 15. And I'll close with this. In John 15, 15, Jesus says this. I no longer call you servants because a servant doesn't know what his master's business is. Instead, I have called you friends for everything I learned from the Father I have made known to you. You see, the maker has made himself known and he wants to invite you in to a relationship that will forever change every area of your life. And if you go throughout high school and you get to the end and all you know is facts about him and can sing songs about him and repeat things that you've heard from others, you will leave high school discouraged, possibly burnt out, wore out, stressed out, and you'll miss out on the fullness that God has come to give you through knowing him. And it changes everything. I'll pray. Father God, thank you so much for revealing yourself through the person of Jesus. That we get to know your character. We get to know your heart. We see how Jesus lived. Father, we don't want to just see that as a historical event, although true it is, happening 2,000 years ago. But we want to enter into the personal relationship that you desire to have with us through the life, death, and resurrection of your son, that we can know you. And Father, if there's anybody in here tonight that says, man, I don't have a relationship with Jesus, with heads bowed and eyes closed, they could choose to say, I want to enter into that relationship. With heads bowed and eyes closed for a second, I just want to share one verse. Romans chapter 10, no one looking around, says this about entering into that relationship. It says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart you believe and is with your and, and are justified and is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. So right now, with heads bowed and eyes closed, you can choose to respond to Jesus and saying, I believe. I believe that he's Lord. I believe that he lived on my behalf, that he died in my place, and that he raised to new life. And you can experience the fullness of a relationship with him. And that decision changes your destiny. <laughs> and I would love to encourage you, if you're in that place and you want to make that decision, to have a conversation 
with your small group leader. And after small group that you'd go up and be like, hey, can we talk? <laughs> and can we talk will be code word <laughs> for I want to enter into that relationship. And they would love to talk with you about how that looks. So, Father God, I thank you so much for uh, this community, for these group of friends, for these small group leaders, for, for this team, Lord, for this church. Um, we thank you. We love you. And we are excited for this Christmas season. Pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.